Welcome to the Pop Rewind Podcast, brought to you by PopRewind.com. I'm Lee. And I'm Linz. And this is our Pop Rewind Podcast, annual Pop Rewind Podcast Halloween movie spectacular, except it's more of a book and TV series we're discussing this year, alternately known as A-P-R-P-H-M-S-E-I-M-O-A-B-A-T-S-W-D-T-Y. Wow. You know, I could double check to see if that was right, but I don't want to. Uh, yeah, spell check's got a bunch of squiggly little lines under that one. Who knew? Yeah. So, essentially, today we're discussing, uh, what is perhaps, I think, the most endearing book series in American literature. Uh, you know, it, it spans at least a generation of readers, uh, you know, across multiple volumes. I, we're talking about none other but Goosebumps. Girl, you're giving me Goosebumps. But we're also, for those of you who are not into Goosebumps or maybe are just out of that age range where you would have been getting into Goosebumps, we're also going to be talking about R.L. Stein's other works and other random Halloween-related things. So don't tune out quite yet. Yeah, I had Goosebumps bedsheets, so this is going to be a pretty revealing episode. <laughs> getting all the ladies, Wow. So one time I brought this girl back to my house in ninth grade. Wait, what? We turn out the lights and she's like, why Why is there a skeleton glowing on your bed sheets? And I'm like, oh yeah, he's all over them. Look, and I pulled off the bed sheets and she laughed. <laughs> Wait, your goosebumps bed sheets glow in the dark? Yeah. My mom... <laughs> I. One time I went on vacation and I got back, like I went to go visit the grandparents or something and I came back and my mom had replaced my bed sheets with Goosebumps bed sheets. And I'm not like saying I was in like fourth grade when this happened. This was like eighth grade when this happened. Oh boy. And they, they were glow in the dark. So I was quite popular with the, with the ladies. Well, wow. I actually also had glow-in-the-dark bed sheets around that time. They were not Goosebumps. They were Casper. So I think that came out when I was in about sixth grade. You glow-in-the-dark like Casper. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I cannot be in direct sunlight. Yeah, so obviously you were a big fan of the Goosebumps books, or at least your mom thought so. Yeah, I was. Now... I think we're we're about a year apart, and I think I was just at that age where I didn't get into Goosebumps, but I did read one in anticipation of the TV show, so the only one I read was The Haunted Mask. That's like the worst one, too. Glad I spent an afternoon reading that one. I don't think <laughs> it it's the worst one. that your age didn't let you get into the show. I think it's that you happened to pick the worst one you could have picked. Well, I was also, like, prior to Goosebumps, I was really into the Fear Street saga from R.L. Stein. I was reading that when I was probably too young to be reading it, but I had a neighbor that was really into it, and I would borrow books from her, and I thought she was super cool. Mm, spoiler, she was not, but I was really into those books, and just, I kind of saw Goosebumps as, like, a step down, almost. Not, you know, to crap on the series, but I was reading Fear Street, I kind of thought that was, like... A more refined book series from R.L. Stein. <laughs> I always saw Fear Street as kind of this, like, oh, that's older than me, or it has teenage drama, and I'm only in fourth grade, so I don't need to care about that. 
It was an older age target, and since I was already reading them, I didn't want to go back and read Goosebumps, I guess. But I did watch the TV show from time to time. That TV show was a mixed bag, because they would actually pick pretty good books to adapt to it, but they didn't always work really well. And it was kind of like, maybe it needed to be an hour-long series or something, but the pacing was always a little off, and it just, like looked campy but not in an intentionally campy way yeah whereas like are you afraid of the dark i always thought they like nailed like the tone it you know whatever made like twilight zone creepy they adapted that to are you afraid of the dark and then i found out years later that there was actually a lot of the same like key production crew between are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps but something in that transition from i guess a cable show to a broadcast show just i don't i don't know they had to water it down too much or something should have got ross hall on goosebumps bingo instead he's up there doing the weather in canada i would have read all the books at that point (laughs) (laughs) all right so the haunted mask is allegedly the worst one i think so what so what are what are some of the better ones that we should be reading Uh, The first one I ever read, and it did a good job getting me into the series, was called Let's Get Invisible. And the premise is these kids find a haunted mirror in an attic, and when they turn a light on, they go inside Magic Mirror World. Interesting. Yeah. I know. That title just pulled me in, much like the mirror did to the characters in the book. (laughs) Nice. My personal favorite is Don't Go to Sleep. And it's every time this kid goes to sleep, he wakes up as something different. So, like, at one point, he's like a squirrel. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I was really... I That was one I kind of uh, missed as a kid and read as an adult. And I thought it was pretty funny. So, when was the last time you read a Goosebumps book? A few years ago. Do they, besides The Haunted Mask, do they hold up okay? I think so. Um, I started going through and rereading the whole series. My mom, still thinking I'm a huge fan of Goosebumps, found my old box of books and mailed them to me. So I was like, all right. And I made a checklist and started going through them one by one. And Wait, did she mail you your bed sheets back? She never had to. I still have them on my bed. (laughs) No. So anyway, I went through and read them, and it was kind of around the time I started drinking wine, so it was kind of like my own little book club. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, that would actually be a really fun book club. Yeah, wine and goosebumps. It was great. Yeah. We'd like we'd sit around and just, you know, read the books and talk about them, but really deep, you know, like, you know, why do you think she turned into a dog? Why was she the ghost next door? Whoa, deep questions. I think Goosebumps were my first gotta collect them all thing. Like, it seems like Pokemon was that for some of my other friends. But when Goosebumps were coming out, it was like like a new book every month. And then they'd put out like a special box set. Or one came with like a book light that you just had to have for some reason. And Right, and they, they were numbered, right? Yeah, after the first year, they started numbering them. They knew what was up. And so then you wanted them all on your shelf. And if you were missing number 14, 
You had to go track it down. See, that's smart. Oh, it was very smart. I would, I would like raid Walden Books every time we went to the mall and uh, try to beat all the other kids to them. That's actually kind of funny because when I was into R.L. Stein Fear Street stuff, my parents, every time we'd go to the mall, they'd be like, okay, you were good. You can pick out a treat. And I would always go to the bookstore and pick out an R.L. Stein book. Really? Yeah. See, I did the same thing. So it's kind of neat. You know, R.L. Stein, I mean, you guys don't need us telling you this, but it got a lot of kids into reading and got kids really excited about reading. I'm a little more excited about reading than my Mega Man 2 novel. <laughs> Although that chapter about Airman is really hilarious. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> and then Goosebumps just kind of exploded. It went from just being like books you read and talked about at recess to suddenly it was everywhere. Like... Do you remember when there was a, a Taco Bell cross promotion for Goosebumps? Did you get any of the the toys or anything from that? Oh yeah, of course. I was sitting around eating my cinnamon twists and Mexamelts and playing with mutant hamsters. It was hilarious. I remember putting some of the cinnamon twists into the hamster's mouth, <laughs> like crunching oh my God. Up and making a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, I mean, bed sheets and Taco Bell toys, of course, but there were also pogs and trading cards, and it, it really was everywhere. Yeah, I think it even had its own, like, interactive CD-ROM game at some point. Wow, probably for Windows 95. Yeah, probably. Went great on the shelf next to SimCity CD-ROM. Oh, did you ever watch the Goosebumps movie that came out a couple years back? I did. Did you? No, but I am terrible at watching movies, so that's no surprise. Hey, have you seen Back to the Future Part 3? So anyway, what'd you think of the Goosebumps movie? Uh, I thought it was actually pretty fun. Like, it, w- it wasn't quite what I expected, but it was still fun, and I thought it was a pretty good nod to the series. More exciting than the movie, I found this a couple weeks ago at a record store. There was a soundtrack released on vinyl, and the cover is just like the original covers for the uh, the book series. They like got that artist to come back and make this cover for the vinyl soundtrack. So can't say oh, the score cool. is something I really want to play, but uh, man, I kind of want it just for that cover. It looks so cool. That's a really nice attention to detail. Definitely. Yeah, if I, if I bought records mainly just for looks, that would be one of the ones I'd have to have. I probably will get it. I'm surprised you didn't pick it up. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it'll. I'm sure next time you're over, you'll see it in my record collection. It's just going to be mounted to the wall, really. Well, that's kind of where all my good stuff goes. Hey, speaking of good stuff, you weren't really into Goosebumps. You were into Fear Street instead. Yes, I was. I actually, I still have one Fear Street novel, and I kept it for a reason. It's called Haunted. Ooh, spooky. That word just draws anyway, you in. Anyway, on... What, what goosebumps did you read? Ooh, Haunted Mask. That was just for the TV show, though. <laughs> what Sega Genesis game was I playing? Haunted by Poltergeist or whatever it was. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, an excerpt from Haunted by R.L. Stein, Page 19 if you want to follow along at home. Here I am. Pete Goodwin popped up behind Della, a broad smile on his handsome face. Happy birthday. He handed Melissa a small, flat package. Obviously a CD. Hope you like Weird Al. 
<laughs> what? Seriously? <laughs> oh, get real, Pete, Della said, poking him hard in the ribs with her elbow. It isn't Weird Al, she told Melissa. Pete shrugged. Della told me you're into Weird Al. I'll put it in the other room with the other stuff, Melissa said. Which Weird Al CD was it? See, that's why I ended up reading Haunted again, like, <laughs> last weekend in anticipation of this podcast. So, you know, page 19, Weird Al reference. Page 24, the presents are on the bed, and she walks in, and someone's already ripped them open. It's a ghost, and yeah, they're crap. But no mention of the Weird Al CD or any CD. She doesn't mention what any of the gifts are. So, so it never goes back. There's no follow-up to what Weird Al CD this is. What year was the book out? But, yeah, it was... So Haunted was released July 28th, 1990. So the newest album would have been UHF, released July 18th, 1989. That seems like an odd choice, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking it was Even Worse, which came out April 12th, 1988. Or... There was a greatest hits album from Weird Al around that time. I'm thinking it could have been Ooh. that. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the greatest hits album. All right, R.L. Stein, if you're listening. We need to know. So aside from the Weird Alism, how was the book? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was kind of expecting, you know, this was released early 1990s, um... It was geared toward girls, but, you know, there's always that kind of sexism, early 90s, it's not the greatest, but it was, wasn't really problematic or anything, it was pretty decent, Hmm. a really, really quick read. Um, I found a Goodreads review that made me laugh, uh, from Alpha Benulin, I don't even know how to say it, this one was like The Outsiders, but with a ghost and some romance, I really liked it, and it made me tear up. Come through, Fear Street. That's nice. Yeah, Goosebumps, I feel like, used to take me about an hour and a half to read. And I remember at one point, uh, my neighbor and I would have reading contests to see which one of us could finish a Goosebumps first. Like, we'd both sit down and crack one open. And usually she'd finish a few minutes ahead, ahead of me. I'm not really a fast reader. Even still, it was... It's a good exercise doing all that reading. Yeah. I probably would take about six hours to read a Goosebumps now. There's so many distractions, like backlit Game Boys. Oh my gosh, yeah. can't believe that's a thing now. But I was always a little disappointed that Fear Street never really got the TV treatment like Goosebumps did. And see, I think Fear Street would have translated better to TV. Kind of like... Remember Nickelodeon had some of those early teen shows, like Seventeen and Welcome Freshmen? Like, I think it would have fit in with that. It could have been a good Buffy alternative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see that. Because I only ever read one Fear Street. uh, And it was the one where the good and evil sister or friend's body swap. And I googled this. The book was called Switched. And so the original cover is 90s girls. They basically look like Becky and Darlene from Roseanne. Okay. <laughs> and the newer cover, the girls look like modern-day hipsters. I'm like, oh. I don't know. I'd, like, that would totally change the story for me. I'm, I would want to read it thinking Becky and Darlene. 
That's kind of cool, though. Like, I, I never really think about kids reading. Do they still read R.L. Stein books, whether it's Goosebumps or Fear Street? And how does that hold up for kids these days? Yeah. I guess they do, because he wrote, like, an adult novel recently or something, didn't he? Yeah, I, I know he wrote one recently. I don't know if it was geared toward adults or still, you know, like, a young adult audience. Yeah. Hey, speaking of young adult audience, uh, you were going to talk about YTV, which, just in full disclosure, being American, I'm not very familiar with Canadian television such as YTV, so you might want to just give the listeners who maybe aren't north of the border a little information here. YTV was pretty much Canada's answer to Nickelodeon, and it had a lot of the same shows. You know, we still had uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You Can't Do That on Television, a lot of weird things like that. And one of the things that YTV did every Halloween was a special called YTV Dark Night. And the, and the PJs, program jockeys, would kind of go on these Halloween Not PJs, adventures. Like the claymation show with Eddie Murphy. Sadly, no. Oh. What is that reference? That's great, though. <laughs> all, all three of you get it. Just like my Horizons post on Instagram last week. Oh, jeez. So why David did these Dark Knight things? They would show scary TV shows, and in between, there would be some commercials, but largely just the program jockeys, PJs, going about their own adventures. So Dark Knight 3, I think it was was the premiere of Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask. Oh, so that's why you read it. That's why I read it. And then they also did a premiere for Freaky Stories. The pilot for that ran that same year. What so is, that was 95. What is Freaky Stories? It's a lot of... I don't know if you guys had it in the States. You probably did. Um, it was like Urban Legends. No, I don't remember this show. Unless I missed it. Yeah, so every episode had four or five shorts in it, and it would just be a different urban legend, and always start with, oh, this happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Okay, so it kind of sets up the premise, like, it could be you. My favorite one, there was this girl who had one of those beehive hairdos. Heck yeah. And everyone was like, oh, your hair's so great. Oh, wow, it's so wonderful. And then at the end... Her hair comes undone, and there's just, like, spiders living inside the hairdo. Uh, yeah, freaked me right out, but I loved it. But interestingly, if you keep up with this podcast, because I talk about it every so often, I'm really into lost media, and Freaky Stories is considered lost media. Why? I guess only, you know, 50-some episodes have surfaced out of 140. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Well, a lot of stuff doesn't get proper DVD releases, right? Have you gone through Especially. your tapes yet? See, I might have some, because I, I did find some YTV tapes. Yeah, I figured you've got a few episodes of this sitting around. I'll have to see. I just pulled out another 80 videotapes to go through, so that's going to be some fun. Well, once you go through all yours, maybe I'll hand you some of mine. <laughs> you have to do those cartoon lineup ones. Yeah, I've got the Saturday morning tapes just collecting dust in the garage. One of these days. Oh, man. You know, speaking of urban legends, you know what books were really scary? Or really the stories were kind of meh, but the illustrations haunt my dreams. Were those 
Scary stories to tell in the dark books. How are those allowed to be marketed to children? Right? I couldn't tell you about any of the stories, but those illustrations, my God. That guy with, like, the blue and red nose smoking a corn pipe? It's like, nope, nope, don't know. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. no. And they would just be, like, you know, kind of stories that you've probably heard somewhere else anyway, like hook on the handle kind of thing. But my personal favorite scary book ever, while we're talking about scary books, was called In a Dark, Dark Room. And I had this book in kindergarten, and it was actually pretty scary. And it's like a series of short stories that happen. Uh, There's one called In a Dark, Dark Room. There's one that's about, like, this guy with scary wooden teeth. There's another Mm -hmm. one where this dude gives this ghost kid a ride. And another one where this woman has a green ribbon around her neck, and when it comes off, her head falls off. Okay, this is the kind of stuff yes. I was reading when I was five. Yes, I love that story with the ribbon. It freaks out so many people. Yeah. It's a good book. Like, it's one... Every few years, I kind of pick it up again and read through it. It takes like 10 minutes to read, but it's a pretty fun book. I didn't read because I know that story with the ribbon, and I've seen people online freaking out about how freaked out they were about reading oh, yeah. the story. I didn't realize it was in that book. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check that book out sometime. You know, going back to Goosebumps, though, I know we got caught up in your bed sheets. That sounds weird, but <laughs> but I noticed something last time I was at your old apartment. Hmm. What was your, it? Your living room there uh, had a certain color scheme that looked a little familiar. What do you mean was familiar about it? It was very, shall we say, Goosebumpy. Are you saying that I happen to pick the same color scheme for the walls of my apartment as, say, why I'm afraid of bees? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. That yellow and gray color scheme just uh, did it for me. I was, like, struggling to decide what to paint my apartment, and I came across that Goosebumps book, and I was like, that's a good color scheme. Gray and yellow. Who would think of that? Do you ever go back and rewatch the TV series, especially around this time of year? You know, it's on streaming from time to time, and I'll watch it, and, and I just wasn't a huge fan of the TV show. I always liked the books better. So my mom sent me that box of Goosebumps books. I was using that to get over writer's block, and so I ended up writing a lot of songs about Goosebumps books. I don't, Did I don't you write really, one about the haunted mask? No, of course not. Oh, man. I don't really tell a lot of people about this because it was just like a writing exercise, but I think I ended up with like 20 Goosebumps songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's actually pretty impressive. You should send R.L. Stein a demo tape. Monster blood, monster blood. Monster blood. I don't know. You know, it's like bad campfire songs is what I was going for. So, like, I guess you'll finally know. I guess you'll finally see that I turned your dad into a tree. (laughs) Stay out of the basement. Get out of here. Get the heck out of here. That's that's amazing because I actually remember that episode. Right? 
That one was so good. Yeah. So I did that for a few years. <laughs> There's just piles of those sitting around. I, I think Mr. Stein needs to hear these. And then I like started cheating and I didn't feel like reading the book. So I just go with whatever stuck out to me in the Wikipedia notes on it. So like this one talked about the clothes the kid was wearing. So I made a whole song about that. I'm just the guy with the Oakland Raiders cap on Don't need a dog, a cat, or even ant farm Just want to be the best at something new uh, That one was for Go Eat Worms <laughs> That's pretty good Oh, did you ever have Goosebumps clothes? Because now I'm remembering kids in like matching tops and shorts I didn't have Goosebumps clothes, but if you go to big museum in Cincinnati there is still this picture on the wall uh, that's showing like what kids around the world look like and this hasn't been updated since the early 90s so there's this kid in a Goosebumps pajamas <laughs> on the wall there there's like all these people and like you know like really fancy dresses and suits and things like that and then America is represented by a kid in Goosebumps pajamas. And this is what kids in 1996 actually looked like. And they play I Saw the Sign. and Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. Going from the intenseness that is Goosebumps that comes and goes in life. Um, you know, we've talked about these scary books that we'd read and even some of the scary shows we'd watch when we were younger. Uh, what about now? Like, what are you doing to scratch this itch? A lot of my stuff coming from, you know, Fear Street and all that is transitioned and progressed into me watching a lot of true crime or listening to a lot of true crime, uh, one being My Favorite Murder. That podcast is just fascinating and sad and funny and wonderful. And I actually saw them in Detroit a couple weeks back now, which was my first live podcast. It was... How is Weird that? to watch, but also really cool. Whenever people do podcast tours, I'm always kind of thinking, how interesting would that be? Probably not, but it was imagine- cool to see them. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just imagining like somebody trying to watch us do this podcast, and I don't think they'd get much out of it visually. <laughs> no. I know it's perfect we- and amazing in an audio sense. The episode we did in person together of me getting drunk and watching Willy Wonka. That would have been fun. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> but uh, watching them, uh, watching the two girls, Karen and Georgia up on stage, kind of interacting with each other, because you don't see them, obviously, on the podcast. So just little gestures where they would touch each other's arms while they're talking and things you would do with a friend. It was really interesting to see in person. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And it was cool listening with a bunch of people who also enjoy the show. So besides podcast, um, you know, I was really into Making a Murderer, uh, always watching Dateline. I need to finish The People versus O.J. Simpson. I'm pretty sure The People lost. Yeah. <laughs> the juice is loose once again. <laughs> uh, so you wait, you listen to O.J. Simpson to feel creepy? Well, it was the that documentary series. I just like that true crime stuff. 
just the mystery of it and how messed up it can get and I, I, it's fascinating to me. No, I get that because lately I've been rewatching Unsolved Mysteries. Like that got added to one of the streaming channels and uh I mean I was really hooked on that show on reruns back in high school, but man, there is still some that scare the crap out of me. Especially watching these reruns, like they've gone back and updated it with text to tell you if they ended up catching like the bad guy or whoever and yeah so you're watching you're like oh surely they've caught this person by now no it just goes to the next mm. one and it's like whoa that that's still out there that is outside my window nope 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 so was there a cutoff year that they were updating until or are they still continually updating i think the last round of these were updated like mid-2000s so they're old episodes right. that they've like updated the endings if necessary and then you can easily google any episode and there's like fan wikis to tell you exactly what's happened since then robert stack is so scary i had a dream about robert stack a few months ago and it, like i woke up screaming jesus <laughs> no more unsolved mysteries before bed i've been watching a lot of horror movies lately too like, uh, more so than I would normally watch. I saw The Cube the other day. I've been meaning to watch that, and uh, again, I'm terrible at movies, so hasn't happened. It's it, Imagine Event Horizon meets a Rubik's Cube, and that's that movie. Why haven't I seen it? Good yeah. lord, that sounds right up my alley. The acting is, like, really cheesy in that. Usually, acting doesn't take me out of a movie, but it was pretty bad in that one. I want to say there's some lost media on the cube, and if my... Yeah, there's an alternate ending. Huh. I don't know that I would really want to see that. I went to go see um, a new horror movie yesterday that actually was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's called Happy Death Day. Okay. I have heard of that, but I can't think of what one it is. It's the one where the girl keeps getting killed over and over again. Oh, right. It's like Deadly Groundhog Day. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a murder mystery Groundhog Day. And the trailer was like right at that line for me of either I'm going to enjoy this or a no, I'm not going to like it at all. And I'm glad to say that I really enjoyed it. And that if you're just looking for like a fun movie that's not really going to scare you, but you know, it's a little, little scary, I would recommend that one. It, it was a fun watch. I'm going to check that one out. Um, did you ever see it? I just saw the 80s one for the first time like six months ago. Oh, okay. Have you seen the new one? I want to see the new one, but I haven't gotten that far. I was listening to the Purple Stuff podcast with The Sexy Armpit and Dinosaur Dracula, and they were mentioning there's a lot of New Kids on the Block jokes in it. Which, you know, I don't want to go to a theater and see a scary clown. That's really not my thing. It's going to, eh, I don't want to see it. But then that really got me thinking. I want to see these new kids on the block jokes. <laughs> I like, you know, everybody else is like, ah, oh, best horror movies in years. And you're like, yeah, but new kids on the block jokes. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll wait till it's out on DVD and then watch it. I don't know if I want to watch it in a theater yeah. No, I'd, I'd like to see it. All right. I think it's poll time. And I think naturally the poll here after this episode is Goosebumps or Fear Street. 
Or maybe Christopher Pike. Or Animorphs. Oh. Yeah. All right, but let us know. Um, I mean, clearly Team Lee's going to be Goosebumps and uh, Team Lynn's, you got to go Fear Street. And I got to say, I probably read more Christopher Pike books than Fear Street books. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. Ah, that's all right. Well, just hit us up on Twitter at Pop Rewind Online and let us know. Goosebumps, Fear Street, what, uh, where are you on the spectrum? Yeah. And you know what? Let's not just limit it to Twitter anymore. You want to you Instagram us a picture of your correct choice of Goosebumps? That's fine. Don't bother oh, with the yeah. Fear Street ones, though. No, show me your Weird Al passages in Haunted. Wow. I read a a book called Fat Vampire a few years ago, and I thought it was pretty spectacular that the kid in it makes light of getting a They Might Be Giants CD. Now you're telling me there's a Weird Al reference in a book? Like, my mind there is, is blown. My mind is blown. R.L. Stein, let us know what album that is, too. You can hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I think we should reach out to R.L. Stein and make an update to this podcast if he writes back. He's all he actually is on Twitter and is quite active on it last time I checked. Yeah. Let's let's demand. Hey fans, let's demand an answer to what Weird Al C D was in the Fear Street book haunted. If we all band together, I think we can get this important work done. Right. Let's close this episode out. Uh you got any recommendations to leave people with so they got something to do until the next podcast? Uh, I would definitely say check out the My Favorite Murder podcast. And if you like, you know, R.L. Stein, whether it be Fear Street, Goosebumps, Christopher Pike even, go check out on Feral Audio the Teen Creeps podcast. They pick one of these awesome young adult books and they read it and kind of go through it. And it's actually kind of fun. Okay. That sounds fun. What are your recommendations for us? Um, if you want some more fun reads, kind of in that same vein, I highly, highly recommend the Weenies book series by David Lubar. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, they're like these anthology series of books um, that are kind of horror stories, and they definitely have the right balance between camp and fun and scary. And yeah, they're they're hilarious reads, and... Uh, fun fact, we actually interviewed David Lubar long ago for Pop Rewind to discuss his alternate career, which was being a programmer for Atari, Super Nintendo, and Game Boy games. Yes, he actually is famous somewhat for making the last Super Nintendo game. What Super Nintendo game was that? It was an adaptation of Frogger. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I had more questions for him about how he made Home Alone for Game Boy. Aside from that book, my recommendation is to play Game Boy, but not just any Game Boy. Okay? I had like a million things I really needed to do this weekend. A million and two things even. And somehow to the top of my list got modding a Game Boy. So I've added a backlight to my Game Boy, and now I can play it in the dark. It Whoa. looks really slick. Like It looks really good. Yeah, I went ahead and changed the case out, too, and the buttons. Now it's like this 90s teal purple and yellow color scheme. It's 
pretty pretty slick actually it looks like a combination of the pencil case you probably had you the listener you know what pencil case that is yeah and yikes pencils and starter jackets think like 90s taco bells and what the benches looked like in oh. there yeah that's another good one yeah that's what i was going for so hope you like it i know i do it's a real sweet color combo yeah hey where can people find pictures of this thing online pictures of your game boy yeah you can find it at pop rewind on instagram probably but if you don't want to look at game boy you can also find us on other social media platforms like twitter and facebook and snapchat although i never update it so maybe not so much that and google plus and youtube and everywhere at pop rewind or at pop rewind online and on the internet at http colon slash slash www.poprewind.com slash geocity slash sunset strip slash boulevard slash 52 something slash chill day slash loop slash bermuda.html slash angel fire Speaking of Weird Al, can I just say how excited I am for the new Weird Al tour? Oh my god. I don't even want to jinx it, but no, yeah. No, yeah, let's it's not gonna jinx be amazing. It. Okay. Yeah. Stay Weird tuned. Going on. Or not. We'll we'll have an episode about that, believe me, once we've seen it. Ooh. Is that what we're gonna do? Like that night, we're gonna go back to your place and then our respective spouses will be far away because they don't wanna have to listen to us. I'll pull out the Goosebumps bed sheets. We'll have a glowing oh, time. Girl. <laughs> we'll make some new kids on the block jokes. It'll be good. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that I think we need to podcast together after that, but then I'm worried that no one will want to listen to it. I don't care. Screw it. It's Let's gonna just... be like our other lost Weird Al episode. Yeah, we we've done an episode about Weird Al <laughs> and it just became way, way too nerdy. We like, had to scrap that. It's finished. It's sitting here. You know, if we were really desperate to post one online, we could do it. But, uh, man, boy, that that would be a rough listen for anybody else. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's not post that. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Pop Rewind podcast brought to you by poprewind.com. I'm Lee. And I'm Linz. And we're going to go play some Game Boy. Ba-ding! Bye. Rewind.com. <laughs>